0: This new Baylor offense looks kind of good, kind of good. This, this is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to... (laughs) Sorry about that. Welcome to another episode of the live Locked on Baylor game show. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, you're probably listening after the fact because I can't go live on there. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day, especially on game day. I apologize for not looking up right away. I am sending out a new link because I put out the wrong link on the application formerly known as Twitter. So going to get that up now so we can get some action in the chat. This is this is a bad job by me. Just a poor, poor job, which is not what the Bayward Bears did today. I mean, defensively, a little bit, Uh, but the Bears outlast Cincinnati. And I think outlast is the right word for it. Uh, 32 29, the final. That is the final score of Super Bowl 38, if you're wondering. Kind of a weird score. I like, I like things like that. Um, but the Bears pick up their third win of the season and are halfway halfway to bowl eligibility. How about that? You Didn't think that was coming today if you weren't listening to me. Because yesterday's show, first show, I should say, before uh, we got some more news on the Art Riles and McCaw situation, was that Baylor was going to beat the Cincinnati Bearcats today. As sure as I'm sitting here wearing a grout fit with three different grays, the Baylor Bears beat the Cincinnati Bearcats today. And your boy Cam Stewart was right again didn't come in with a ton of confidence, but I said they were going to win. I stuck by that, and that's exactly what happened. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it did look good for a while. And, And I said with a couple minutes left, Baylor had no, they should not have lost that game. By the time there's seven minutes left and you're up 11 points, there was just no reason, I think was the word I was looking for, no reason for Baylor to lose that game. But the story of the game is how different Baylor looked. Defensively, not as much, but offensively and especially on special teams. Special teams is the difference in the game. We're gonna to get to that in a minute. But the things that you guys saw and you guys liked was the offense. And we heard about it through the bye week for two straight weeks that this is this is gonna look different. First, we heard it from Mac Rhodes saying I commanded my head coach to make this look different. And then we heard it from Dave Aranda earlier in the week on Monday. He even brought out some specifics. You know, we're gonna run some more screen action. We are going to use the pass to set up the run. And by golly, that's exactly what they did today. Exactly what they did today. Not exactly what the Jeff Grimes offense probably wants to do, but as we've seen through the first half of this season, that was not working. And with the personnel you had right now, today is what worked. And that was getting some easy throws out there for Blake Shapin and softening up this defense for the run. Worked like a charm. Now, this is not a good Cincinnati defense. It's better than Baylor's. It's about middle of the pack. Um, and Blake was in control the whole game. Missed on a couple of slants, um, which was, you know, a little suspect. I, I don't know why. You know, he's he's been back a couple weeks. Um, but everything else was great. Tight ends were involved in the passing game today. Screen game was as good as it's looked all season long. Um, and that set up for, in, in the second half, some good, healthy runs from a couple of different guys, mainly Dominic Richardson and Dawson Pendergrass. And they converted on third and fourth and short today, which that was the biggest thing that I think was the difference in the game offensively uh, against, um, who did we play? Texas Tech. Uh, And that was mainly on the offensive line, which was much better today. It sounded like the broadcast was talking directly to me at points in this game uh, about what, they were saying down there in Waco about the Baylor offensive line and that they were better today. They were better today. They absolutely were. I have to give them some credit there. Overall, I don't think the personnel is fantastic. They did have a couple of pre-snap penalties. They allowed two sacks today, but uh, overall, they were pretty good. They gave Blake time to throw, time in the pocket against um not an elite pass rush, but some good guys up front. You you mentioned the god you, you heard the godfather mentioned a few times, which is just an awesome, awesome nickname for uh, Dante Corleone. Uh, That's just perfect. But they gave Blake Shapin some time to pass today. And that is why he was able to drop back to pass 42 times. Now, I am reading this. I should mention, I am reading the stats from the official stat site, which is through Baylor, but actually through Cincinnati, because Cincinnati is the home team. And I need to say this with a grain of salt here because the final score, according to Cincinnati's Statcast, was a 29-26 Bearcat victory. Which that was not the score at any point in this game. Um, let alone the the final whistle. That that score did not exist in today's game. The game I watched, unless this is a fever dream on ESPN Plus, was a 32-29 Baylor victory. So we're going with that. And going with what Cincinnati put out, though Shapen was 25-42 for 316. And here we go already. This says one touchdown. I'm pretty sure he threw for two. or oh, no, ran for one. Two total touchdowns. That might be right. Um, thanks a lot, Cincinnati. I, I really do appreciate that because um, now I'm scrambling to look for some real stats. Um, but 42 times drop back, y'all. 42 times. That We've seen a lot of drop backs this year, but not in the good sense. This is what it was. They did not hand the ball off until the twenty-four forty-five mark of the game. There was a little over five minutes to go in the first half when they had their first handoff. And it looks like they were going to have one, a few plays before that, but it ended up being a trick play that goes for 50 yards uh, down the sideline. There was still some plays on, on third down that I didn't love um, the boundary pass. Uh, they, they go to a lot and I just, I didn't love that. Um, it hasn't really worked all year and it's always just the same thing you know shape and rolls out a little bit, throw 20 yards down the field on the sideline receiver gets one hand on it and that's it um so don't love that probably need some more work there. but overall huh, this is this is what you're expecting when you hear about a new look offense. and this seems to be right 25 42 for 316 and a touchdown. Um, so yeah, again, not a lot in the running game. We didn't really see a lot of Richard Reese at all. Only three carries, 12 yards. Uh, Richardson's your leading rusher at eight for 37. It's not always going to be that way. You're going to need to have a more balanced offense than that, but we were killing them for weeks on, they can't run the football and things seem to happen when Blake shaping gets some time in the pocket. And that's what they worked on during the bye week And that's what worked today. Defensively, still a lot of holes. Uh, these were two bad defenses going against each other today. Again, Baylor statistically is is considerably worse than Cincinnati, but both still pretty bad. Uh, Still getting gashed in the run game. Uh, They give up well over 200 yards of rushing, 288, so almost 300 yards, uh, 130 of them to uh, Corey Kiner on 15 carries, uh, another 100 for their backup running back, Montgomery, and Jones- avoids or has some sacks, doesn't have a great game on the ground, but still has 56 yards on the ground um, and was able to stay in that game the whole way. I, I do have to give them some credit. You know, I don't think Jones is a great quarterback. I, this is clearly not a good Cincinnati, not even a good Cincinnati offense, but the Baylor defense made plays when they needed to fourth and short on the first drive of the game. Um, not in the red zone, but within scoring range. I believe, I think it's just outside the 20, um, they pounce on a fumbled snap on fourth down. So <laughs> is it something that they did? Not really, but they made the play, right? Uh, they have the fumbles on special teams. They they have a couple more forced down stops later in the game, um, including that one on the final drive, fourth and 11. They, they defend well, two passes on third and fourth down that are beyond the sticks that would have gone for first downs in other games. Contact on both of them. Um, I thought they had a a legitimate shout on the third down play Cincinnati for a pass interference call, defensive pass interference. It did not come. And so with that, that fourth down play was about the same amount of contact. And so I I wasn't too surprised to see that one not called. Special teams, y'all. This was the difference in the game today. Baylor's defense was not sharp. Baylor's offense was good enough. Special teams makes the difference. Okay, Isaiah Hankins. Got ourselves a football player. <laughs> Four field goals, right? All over forty yards, including one from fifty-four, where Baylor really tried to not score points on that drive. This was their first drive, right? It was after the after the fourth down stop, I think. I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but basically, they they get the ball and they don't just go three and out. They lose yards. They just totally mess it up. They lose yards. It's an incomplete pass on um, what should have been an easy four or five yards to Drake Dabney uh, that Blake just misses the throw um, really should have been completed. Then a screen to Monterey Baldwin that loses five yards Um, and offensive line penalty that loses another five yards. That was a false start. And they get some of it back to make it fourth and 13. And then Isaiah Hankins totally bails them out with a, 54 yard field goal hits four for the game all over 40 yards. So that in and of itself, kind of the difference in the game because Baylor wins by three points, but also of course the two touchdowns in seven seconds is capped off by the special teams turnover by Cincinnati where Baylor is just knocking at the ball. Byron Vaughn picks it up touchdown special teams play of the year for the Baylor bears. And all those things—the difference in the game—that's that, those are the fine margins in a three-point game. And I know if Cincinnati had a locked-on, they would be talking about that in the post-game about how the fine margins will go against you. You know, if if you if you don't fumble on the kickoff, you win the football game. Uh, if you make some better play calls on fourth and short, um, you you win the football game. Looking at some questions in the chat here. Do you think prior to that last field goal, Baylor should have ran it twice to run more clock? Good question, Scotty. Uh, that one's 50-50 for me, probably. But the way they were going all game, that just, I, I don't think they had enough confidence in it. I think they were going with the rhythm of the offense. Because um, I think it was still about, what, four minutes left? No. I don't know. Um, so all that to say, good question, Scotty. Probably they should have, um, but they, they made the plays on defense. I did not think they were going to on that last drive for Cincinnati. Um, I I was really expecting Cincinnati to at least come down and, and get a field goal and, and maybe send this thing into overtime, but this defense stepped up when they needed to. Emery Jones, not a great quarterback at all, uh, um, and Baylor made the most of it. Uh, I have confidence in this team the whole game. You're better man than me, Chino, or woman, I don't know, uh, better than me. I, I did think for most of the game I had a ton of confidence. Um, once, once, once that two touchdowns in seven seconds comes around, I don't know about y'all, but I had a lot of confidence after that. It really wasn't until that final drive or, or when Cincinnati scored that touchdown to cut it to three, touchdown and two-point conversion to cut it to three, that I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, this is worrisome, but before that, there was there was no reason that Baylor should have lost that game, and they did not. So sitting at three and four now, and heading home to homecoming against what has been a Jekyll and Hyde Iowa State team this year, it, but are certainly on their hot streak um, at least going into this game. And I don't think they play today. God, I got to be more prepared for this. I didn't check their schedule. Uh, but homecoming afternoon piece, full stadium. Against Iowa State, a team that is beatable, that is hot, but is beatable. Uh, you just you gotta continue this. We talked about it against UCF. That is not a historic win until you make it something. And the next week, they lost by 25 points. So the pressure is more on now because if you don't, <laughs> if you don't win against Iowa State, your margin of error, a margin of error is very, very, very small. Because looking at those final three games, you would have to win at least two of them and beat Houston. So two of the last four games, uh, but those last three are the gauntlet ones, right? So that that's Kansas State, TCU, and West Virginia. Two of those on the road. So and that's Kansas State and TCU um, are the ones that are on the road. So look, you can't pencil in any wins right now for for Baylor the way their season has gone. You know, there's no one where you're like, okay, check off, that's a W. But the talent level at Iowa State and at Houston, both of whom you are playing at home, those are more winnable games than at Kansas State, at TCU, and at home against West Virginia. A lot can happen from now until then with Neil Brown's team, but they look to still be a better football team than you. So a lot still left to be done. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this new offensive look. I, I think this is what they should have come out with. Against Texas Tech, thank you for confirming that, Scotty B. Iowa State is on a bye week. I was right there. Thank you. Um, I thought that's the way they – this is what I expected them to come out and look like against Texas Tech, and they didn't. Um, short passes. <laughs> screens. Screens when you have guys like Jordan Neighbors and Monterey Baldwin should be working, especially when you don't have a good offensive line. That If the screens aren't working, that means you have no good blockers at all. Um, but that those are plays designed for weak offensive lines. And I don't, Jordan neighbors only got a touch or two today, but, um, Baldwin was effective again. Keytron Jackson though, was the difference in the receiving core. And I have been waiting for a game like this for him since week one, when he showed some flashes against Texas state. Um, and obviously had some hype coming into this season. I was expecting a a game like this and we hadn't seen it yet. And I'll, I'll be fair to Keytron here. There's a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, there's not a lot of talent on the outside for Baylor. And so he was getting a lot of the attention. And of course, going back to the offensive line thing, Blake just did not have the time to be looking downfield to a guy like Keatron Jackson. So in terms of yardage, he is your leading receiver today, five receptions for 130 yards, had that, that 55 yard play um, that, that deep ball that was perfectly thrown by Blake, a terrible angle by threats. The, um, the safety for Cincinnati and Keytron wins at the line of scrimmage and just uses speed to get downfield. Big play leads to a touchdown. That's the first drive of the second half. Uh, But yeah, five, five receptions on 11 targets. So maybe that's not the best look, but uh, 130 yards through the air. That's going to play every time Uh, he was a real difference maker. Just add an extra element to this Baylor offense today, because again, Blake, Blake has been solid this year, but, hitting those outside receivers has has been a problem. And, and that obviously comes from a lot of them getting open more so than Blake being able to get it down there. But Keetron Jackson and Hal Presley, who I don't think he even played today um, have not had stellar seasons. And so it becomes very predictable when you're looking to go to Monterey Baldwin to Jordan neighbors and to Drake Dabney the whole time, but you've got some other guys involved. Baldwin still has the most catches at seven for 49, but, Josh Cameron, big game, obviously a good punt return early in the game, but three receptions for 46. And I believe two of those on third down. That's what he's supposed to be. He's essentially, I mean, he's a slot receiver, but a lot like a third down back in the way they use him in short yardage passing game on, on third down. And Kelsey Johnson, who was someone I was high on early or before this season, he gets involved two catches for 17 yards. Doesn't look like a lot, but two third down catches and, that's just another guy that's touching the ball. Drake Dabney goes two for forty-eight. Uh, Jake Roberts four catches and a touchdown. That's what I'm talking about. As good as Monterey Baldwin is, as good as Drake Dabney is, as good as at times Josh Cameron is, it can't be those guys every time because you're, you don't have enough on the outside to warrant that. They're, they're just gonna. It's gonna be too one dimensional. I think that's what you've seen in the passing game for um, a lot of the season and scotty points out tj tampa from iowa state's probably going to be on keytron jackson next game probably And tj tampa is a good corner so uh maybe probably won't have the game next week that he did this week if he does baylor is in great shape if keytron jackson is able to to pull that out again but overall impressed offensively today. This felt like that Iowa state game last year that I was referencing this week in, in the show about the last time. This really looked like a team that was cooking, especially offensively uh, was that game. Um, th- that was the, that was the last time I really saw Jeff Grimes and Dave Aranda complimentary football. You know, they had some exciting wins after that 38, 35 over Oklahoma, but the defense did not look good in that game at all. Um uh, The TCU game, was good, but they didn't play well in the final two minutes, which they did against Iowa State in that game earlier in the season, and what they did today against Cincinnati. They made the stop when they needed to. This is what it's supposed to look like. Does that mean this team's going to a bowl game? It it doesn't mean that. Um, That could happen. But this kind of complementary football from these two, uh, those two being Jeff Grimes and Dave Aranda, I guess Matt Powledge in there too, will win you some games. Um, whether it's enough to salvage this season, I don't know. Uh, there's there's a lot of inexperience and there's a lot of inconsistency, but I don't know that that gets you to six wins. It definitely makes you look, gets a, gets a much more positive outlook, right? I mean, this was by no means a sharp EW today, uh, but this team looks good on the road. They look confident on the road. Um, they look more physical on the road, and I wish they didn't play a game at McLean Stadium the whole rest of the year. I don't care if I don't go to another one. I'll take that if it means Baylor's winning some games. So tell me what you think. Is this team headed for a bowl game? It's still up in the air for me. They're they're going to have to beat someone better than them <laughs> before that happens. And right now, Iowa State's better than them. So they, they're going to have to have two wins of teams that are better than them. The only team left on the schedule that I would say is not definitively better is Houston, um, although they might still be better. Um, and why isn't Jackson used way more? Um, he is a, he is a talent, Anthony, but that's a comment section here. Um, I I just think he's been keyed on too much for no pun intended there. Keytron has been keyed on uh, a little bit too much and I know the great ones get open either way, but that coupled with the time that Blake Shapin's had in the pocket before this game, that's probably how you get to to that point. But the Bears won the football game today. I don't think we're harping on that enough. They won the football game, which is not a common occurrence these days and wasn't necessarily something we were all expecting coming in. Uh, this is a, This is a positive win. I mean, no win is negative at this point for this team. Um, especially against FBS opponents and in the conference and on the road. That's not a great football team over there at Cincinnati, but they, on paper, looked a lot better than you going into this game. So uh, it's a good Bears victory, and it's positive because you did see something different. The offense looked different. The special teams was sound as a pound, and the defense still needs some work, but they made enough plays to win the game, and the defense didn't get some stops today. I don't want to say like it was a... It was just whoever had the ball last one. Um, they did make enough stops to to win this game. and uh, there was one or two passes that probably should have been picked off. um they they do have a fumble on a fumbled snap. Um, they they do have a fumble that's called back into an incomplete pass. So um some some missed opportunities still for this defense, but good enough, good enough to win the game today, and that's all you could take as a Baylor fan. We're gonna have more breakdown for Monday. Um, we're hopefully going to have a guest on, but if not, it's just going to be me, uh, breaking down, looking more into the stats and what worked for Baylor today, mainly on that offensive line and, and that offense in, in total, and whether we'll be able to see this against Iowa state, who is a better, much better defense than Cincinnati. So let me know what you think. We'll be back with you on Monday. Really appreciate you coming by and making this your first listen today. First post game listen today. Go enjoy the rest of the day of college football because we don't get that very often. But that's two straight happy Saturdays for us Baylor Bears fans. We'll have more on Monday. Thank you again. This has been and always will be, as a matter of fact, locked on Baylor.